What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Fortune. OK Davis here with you. It has been quite a night for me. I'm supposed to record a show and uh, ended up going to a hockey game and just, you know, I'm back. I'm back. A little tired, but I'm back. I'm also tired of my bracket already. As many people are, as everyone's bracket was probably really busted really early. I'll get into that. Um, Two really sad uh, news events in the world of tennis that, uh, you know, it's just devastating for me to see, you know, I just feel for the game with this news that I'll share as well. In the NBA, it's coming down to the last few games, uh, well, a little more than few, but it's getting close to the end. Most teams have about 10 games left on the season, and it's almost that time. It's almost that time for playoff basketball teams jockeying for a position. And that is going to be exciting down the stretch. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, you can't go wrong with playoff basketball. You just can't. I just hope it's going to be just as good as playoff football. That's what I hope. That really is what I hope. But first, uh, let's start with the bracket. And my bracket's pretty busted. Uh, just all around, I think that the, the, the game that I couldn't watch, that, you know, maybe some of you could have watched, but... I gambled. I was trying to gamble in one bracket, and I said, you know what? I think Memphis is going to go to the Final Four. And so they were playing Gonzaga. They were up by 10 at the half. And I said, I can't watch. I can't watch anymore. I was so nervous, and I was like, they can do this. They can do this. And then all of a sudden, it became Timmy time. And Memphis goes down. I was rooting for Jalen Doran. Had a chance to meet him. When he was in high school at Montverde, and to see him now at Memphis, you know, I saw those first three possessions against Gonzaga, and I was like, okay, he's trying to be aggressive. Then got into foul trouble, and you know, the team did well. They played well. I mean, eighty-two to seventy-eight isn't bad, but realistically, my brackets just busted. And I know we could say, okay, well, that's in the West. I still have Arizona, Kansas, and UCLA alive, which is a good thing. But there's so many other teams that I didn't have winning in. And the thing is, you know, yeah, I did multiple brackets. But for the most part, I picked some of the same teams. I picked Auburn to go far. They're not going very far. Wisconsin. No one picked St. Peter's. I had Kentucky going a little farther than I expected. 
North Carolina upset Baylor, which was I expecting that? You know, not really. I didn't think North Carolina had a great season, but you know, if you're doing well at the right time, then so be it. Michigan. I wasn't necessarily sleeping on Michigan, but when they lost that first round game in the Big Ten uh, tournament, I was like, ah, maybe this just isn't going to be their year. And yet here they are. Michigan is in the Sweet 16 getting ready to play Villanova. Now, the other part of this is, you know, there was so much talk about, oh, the SEC, the Big Ten being really good in college basketball this season. And yet when it comes down to it, as much as I was, you know, a little, I wouldn't say upset isn't the right word, but I was kind of unsure about the Atlantic Coast Conference. And yet here as the Sweet 16 gets started, there are three teams. The most number of teams from any conference is the ACC and the Big 12. And we've got Miami, North Carolina, and Duke still alive in the Sweet 16. And I think that's a good accomplishment. It shows for anybody who felt like, oh, well, you know, how can the Power Five always get the number of top seeds? And in some ways, it, it shows. It shows that there were, what, five ACC teams that were that made it to the NCAA tournament and three are still alive, those are pretty good odds. Those are really, really good odds. And I'm going to be rooting for the ACC, although my national champion is Arizona. Uh, but I always wonder, why aren't Sweet 16 brackets popular? Like, I feel like my dad once, when we were doing fantasy or doing NCAA brackets, rather, and, you know, we did a we did a Sweet 16 bracket. Why not? Why not start a new one when you know you're down? And I got to find one. But the thing is, I'm the only one that seems to be interested in it of, amongst my friends and family. No one has sent one out, and when you're listening to this, unless you're, if you're listening on Thursday, the tournament's already going on, possibly. But if you're listening on Wednesday, and you've got a Sweet 16 bracket, hey, you know, you only live twice in the NCAA tournament. Technically, you live once, but at least for filling out brackets, I feel like the Sweet 16 is a good midway point to say, hey, let's start over. Not that your original bracket, you still play that out. But you get to, you know, start over again and make some new picks with the new teams. So I may join some kind of public league. Why not? Why not? Two stories that are really, really, you know, shocking me when I heard them. And the first one is the breaking news that the world's number one tennis player on the WTA tour, Ash Barty, she is the best player in the world, and she's announced her retirement at the age of 25. She said, quote, today is difficult and filled with emotion for me as I announce my retirement from tennis. I wasn't sure how to share this news with you, so I asked my good friend, uh, Casey Delacroix, to help me. 
I'm so thankful for everything this sport has given me and leave feeling proud and fulfilled. Thank you to everyone who has supported me along the way. I'll always be grateful for the lifelong memories that we created. And this makes me really sad. Um, she posted an interview and said there's going to be more tomorrow on Instagram. Uh, excuse me. She posted a video on Instagram. It'll be to more tomorrow with a press conference. To think that a player of Ashley Barty's caliber um, that she feels like her body is not ready to be able to play tennis. Um, I am curious to learn more as I'm recording this. We don't know more, but by the time we finish, you maybe listen to this. We may have had she may have had a press conference and elaborated more. But it's really sad to think that a player retiring before, you know, just it's just too early. And then it made me think about what other players retired too early that were destined for greatness. And there are a few of them that, you know, can we rank them? In terms of where they were going in their career, Andrew Luck, eh, maybe not. Rob Gronkowski had already won several Super Bowls at that point, but he wasn't the top, he was a top tight end, but not like Ashley Barty, the number one player in the world. Brandon Roy, injuries uh, cut his career short. Everyone thought that he would be on that, you know, level of greatness, Michael Jordan level. And he had to cut his career short. Uh, Barry Sanders, I feel like he cut his career short. Is another one. In tennis, Bjorn Borg. Uh, retired at the age of 26. And I understand that in tennis, in some ways, you do retire earlier. You know, you've got this renaissance era right now in multiple sports with LeBron James playing at his age and obviously Tom Brady. Um, but in tennis, you've got Serena Williams still competing. Uh, Roger Federer was still competing. I don't think he announced his retirement. Uh, Rafa Nadal. You know, so in, you know, in tennis, maybe players are playing until they're a little bit older. Calvin Johnson, uh, Michael Jordan, remember when he retired at the age of 30? Everybody's like, whoa, 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 that's too early. Uh, Jim Brown retired early. Bo Jackson, due to injuries, he actually was playing football and baseball, so I get that retirement. Uh, Yao Ming is another one. In my mind, I feel like in terms of their level of expertise, uh, it seems a lot of them are running backs. Earl Campbell also retired early. Jim Brown retired early. And Barry Sanders. Like, 
there's that's no coincidence there that these players retired in many ways before you know maybe some would say their career was done but that's okay another one in baseball is Sandy Koufax he retired before his career was over Yao Ming but you know being over seven feet I can imagine you wanting to you know your body it's going to wear down Patrick Willis a big one is probably Sandy Koufax in baseball he is arguably the best pitcher in Major League Baseball history and he had like a 170 RA he won the Cy Young in in his final season but you know injuries forced him to retire early and that seems to be the same thing that Ash Barty is doing and you wish it didn't have to end that way and speaking of an ending at least to this season it also came out the news that Rafa Nadal is he is out four to six weeks and he has a rib injury so the chances of playing in the French Open are in jeopardy. Luckily, that's a couple months away, so he's got some time. Um, but he's got a stress fracture in one of his left ribs that he injured in the semifinals at Indian Wells against Carlos Alcaraz. And then he lost in the final to Taylor Fritz. And so he was probably playing with an injury. He started the season 20 and oh, it was the third best start to a season since 1990 on the ATP Tour. And the fact that he is injured right now, but he now sits atop the pyramid with the most Grand Slam wins, one over Djokovic and Roger Federer, he's, in my mind, the best to ever do it. He should be regarded as that. And if someone passes him, then okay. But, but right now he's the best. And it's sad to see in a span of 24 hours, a report comes out that Rafa Nadal is out four to six weeks and Ashley Barty is retiring from tennis at the age of 25. Maybe Ash Barty will come back, but this is actually the second time that she's taken time off, so I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening, and, you know, I hope that Ash Barty gets well and she heals up. And same for Rafa, so that he can actually make it into the French Open would be nice. That'd be really nice. All right, NBA basketball, we got 10 games left before the playoff seedings are locked. And there's some drama. And here's what I would keep an eye on as you're waiting to see the results and the seeding. As I talked about in the last episode, Nobody wants to see the Nets. Nobody. 
And that team right now, as they sit in the play-in game, would be the Toronto Raptors. And you know I said the Toronto Raptors, man. Watch out. That's a team on the rise. And they are on the rise. But they need to catch Cleveland. So when I think about what jockeying is being done, nobody wants to see Brooklyn. And the winner of that Brooklyn-Toronto game right now, if the playoffs started today, would be the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know if you're Milwaukee, you're like, uh, no, I'm good. Brooklyn's going to be a tough out. There's no doubt that Brooklyn will be a tough out. But I'm not only watching that. If you if there's one thing you want to watch, that's what you want to watch. Where's Brooklyn going to end up? But you also have the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference is only divided by, separated by two and a half games. The Heat, Bucks, Sixers, and Celtics are vying for that home court advantage. And that's going to be fun to watch. And just below that, the five, six, and seven seed. And if you want to, you can include, you know, I don't want to get too in the weeds, but I guess if you're thinking two and a half games separate four from one, then let's talk about two games, but that's as far as I'm going to go that separate the Bulls, Cavs, and Raptors. Because realistically, Brooklyn, the Hornets, and the Hawks are all separated by two games, 9, 10, and 11 respectively. And the Raptors, Cavs, and Bulls are separated by two games respectively as well, 7, 6, and 5. So I'm looking at those series, and it's going to come to, if, if there's a good chance it's going to come down to the last game. It really will. What teams are playing well right now? Charlotte it, have won five in a row. They're 7-3 in their last 10. The Celtics are 9-1. They've won four in a row. And the Bucks are 8-2 in their last 10. So those are the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. And the teams that I'm watching, my Washington Wizards, yeah, they're done. I mean, I know mathematically they're not right now, but they're done. In the West, the Suns, surprisingly to me, are running away with the Western Conference. I thought when Chris Paul went down and got hurt uh, just before that All-Star game, and they say he's going to be out for some extended time, I thought that the Phoenix Suns, might fall down a little bit. And yet they are tied for the longest winning streak in the NBA at five games. They're tied with the Charlotte Hornets. They're eight and two in their last 10 and they're rolling. And in some ways, the the silver lining for them very well may be that with Chris Paul's out, now Trevor Booker has gotten some time at the point um, learning to run the team. Not these really. I guess you, any every day you're learning. But that might have been a blessing in disguise. The Warriors have fallen off. They've lost three in a row. That was my sleeper. I was like, watch out for them. But it was also uh, the fact that I thought they were going to be healthy. But I don't know because every indication from this season has shown that they are... I don't want to say injury prone, but they've got the injury bug. And Steph Curry twisted an ankle a couple games ago. 
Now they said James Wiseman suffered another setback, so he's not going to be playing soon. And they just haven't played up to the caliber that I thought they would would play at. And so now you find the Memphis Grizzlies in second place. And they're two games up on the Warriors. The Warriors are two games up on the Jazz. The Jazz are a game up on the Mavericks. So what series is I'm watching, even though there's a good chance that two games, three games, it's, it's, that's, that's close enough. But if you're looking at the six and seven seed Nuggets and Timberwolves, the Timberwolves are a half a game back. That's probably as close as it's going to get. I think the Clippers are, are stuck at eight. Uh, Lakers. If you know they they're four and six in their last ten, they could find themselves out of the playoffs. But right now they have the nine seed, but they are only a game up on the Pelicans. The good news is that they are three games up on the Spurs, three and a half games up on the Trailblazers. So the likelihood of them missing the playoffs, uh, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I think the Lakers are going to get in, and so are the Pelicans. But are you scared of the Lakers or Pelicans? I would say no. Um, but everyone can get hot when you have the King on the Lakers. Okay, you know, playoff start. Maybe it's going to be something different. Maybe. But uh, I think highly unlikely. I think highly unlikely. But the series that I'm going to be watching is definitely Warriors, Jazz, Mavericks, which three games separate the two of them. Uh, and then Nuggets, Timberwolves, because a half a game separate those two teams. And if the playoffs started today, you get Lakers, New Orleans in a play-in tournament against Minnesota, uh, and then Minnesota against the Clippers in the second game. In the Eastern Conference, you get Charlotte against Atlanta and Toronto against Brooklyn. The playoffs are going to be great this year. I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. And I hope they live up to the hype. And just to hype up the team I have for the favorites, the Warriors have dropped to plus 600 to win the NBA title. And the Suns are favored at plus 320 with the Brooklyn Nets right behind them at plus 475. The Warriors are plus 600 and the Bucks are plus 700. Is there another team that could squeeze in there? Lakers are plus, excuse me, 76ers are plus 800. The Heat are plus 1100. The Celtics are plus 1200. Is there a team that could make a magical run? You know, the Grizzlies and John Morant is at plus 2200. I think they're a little too young for a chance at winning the title. Um, but, you know, I guess, yeah, if you want to take a flyer on them. The Bulls are very low at plus 5,000. The Mavericks at plus 2,800. And the Nuggets are at 30 to 1, plus 3,000. Lakers are 10 to 1. So there's some good odds out there if you want to gamble on, you know, what team you think will get there. Uh, I don't know. I think it's more even than it's ever been for the NBA playoffs. And I don't know if you know if you can really gauge who will win it. And that's what I love about it. I love that about the playoffs. Let's see what each team brings. 
I'll be glued to the television watching as many games as I can. I need to get like that three or four or five uh, TV setup. That's what I need. That's what I need. What I also need is to win some games. I've been doing good on my on my gut check picks. But what I haven't done in a while, and I need to pick it back up. So I know it's going to take some time. But I said I was going to check my record daily. And then there were a couple games that I missed. And it just didn't seem like randomly. I think when I got to January 28th and I feel like I had, I had a record of like... 25 games so I was like oops something's not right so then you know February I kept up a little bit but I know I need to pick it back up and see how I'm doing because I know you want to know how I'm doing too like okay Andrew, okay I've been doing good in basketball very good lately in basketball and I got Formula One right which surprised me I got a couple of English Premier Leagues right so uh, I'm learning I- I'm getting better and I want you to get better too. Uh, thanks for listening to Just for Sport. I'm Jamo K. Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.